Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laughing, yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 I'm your host, Kelly K. Frosh Frazier. This is episode 85. And like always, we have a great show for you. First off, I just kind of want to update a few things in regards to the podcast. I feel like since I relaunched the podcast a couple months ago, that it's already taking this whole other turn, you know, almost like taking a life of its own and going in this direction that I'm really happy about. And sort of what that direction is, is that before this in, this podcast was about, I had a lot of music guests and I was trying to like dip my toe into pro wrestling and MMA. And I kind of got tired of doing all that. So what I'm kind of doing now is that this is a pop culture podcast. And I want to try to find a, find, you know, sort of actionable advice and good stories that our guests can talk about so you can learn something about it. Um, recently, I had some design work to get a flyer done, and I, I, I wanted to sort of think of how I could put this podcast into one sentence. And I came up with that this is the Pop Culture Podcast, delivering wisdom from the minds of bright creatives. And that might sound like a bunch of hooey to you, but what I'm trying to do is, whether it's a music artist, a comic book um, author, an illustrator, an artist, um, I feel like what we're doing now, what I'm trying to do now is sort of, I don't want to talk about pop culture. We're not going to talk about the, you know, wh- what happened on the latest episode of the Kardashians. What I want to do is sort of break down what's behind pop culture, what makes pop culture. You know, all these artists and creatives, what sort of makes them tick? You know, what, what are their methods of creating? What are you, their 
what, what, what do they think of, how do they get past the obstacles? You know, I'm kind of sort of trying to figure out in mine the, you know, the elements of what pop culture is. So, you know, with that, you know, there's, there's going to be a, like a bunch of different types of guests that are going to be on this podcast in the future because there's a lot of things where, you know, you might not think there's a lesson from a certain type of art, art, artistry or whatever, but there is, you know, there's a lot of things that I've always been passionate about that people sort of make fun of, but there is, those things are attached to things that are important. You know, one thing is like, let's say pro wrestling, for example. Um, right now I'm trying to get uh, the, the owner, the creator of Pro Wrestling Eve, uh, Emily Reed on the podcast, because I really want to talk to her about her, her organization, Pro Wrestling Eve. It's uh, based on, out in the UK, but it's really tied to, you know, empowering women and feminism and just having a punk rock attitude in regards to sort of, you know, empowering women and having their having a real voice that isn't secondary to men to, you know, to show that, you know, they can run with the boys, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. If I'm going to, I feel like if I'm going to try to champion things like, you know, women having a voice, the Me Too movement, if I'm going to, you know, mental health, that I need to find ways that I can, you know, really contribute to that. And that's what I want this podcast to be. Like, those things are a part of pop culture. They're important subjects that sort of go everywhere. It doesn't matter what you know, industry or, you know, line of business or type of art, you know, you know, those things exist, you know, and that's what I'm trying to mine all while having fun, you know, and telling some good stories and finding out what people's influences are and, and trying to like, what I really want to do is we all have sort of those self doubts. We have those inner critics that are always like buzzing in our mind. So I really want to try to, you know, get all that out from people to, to show our listeners to people who are, you know, struggling with their art that everybody has the same struggles, you know, and we need to just, we can work through them and everybody's going to have shitty versions of what they're trying to do, you know, and people are going to go through good times and bad times, but guess what? It's all right. It's all right to struggle, you know, struggling and failure, you know, lead to bigger and better things, you know? So I, I just want this podcast to be very, you know, positive and I want to try to, you know, be able to mine those, those, those lessons and those, you know, actionable items that people have in their career to figure out, you know, why does pop culture exist? Why do all these different sort of art forms exist? What are the differences? What are the similarities? How, you know, how can everybody work together? You know, I just want to try to, you know, you know, be able to say that those inner critics and those self-doubts, everybody has, and it's okay. But there's ways that you can get rid of them or move past them or embrace them and, and move past it. So that's definitely, I just wanted to get that off my chest because this is where this podcast is going. It, you know, it's definitely changed over the past, 
you know, almost three years now in a few months will be my, you know, in November will be the uh, third year anniversary. But that's definitely where it's going. So this week we are going to have, I'm going to have three episodes and they're all going to be interviews that I recorded uh, recently at the Wizard World Comic Con in Columbus. Um, it was a great, I, had, I went there for a couple of days great comic-con i uh, met you know a bunch of people in the artist alley um i did you know a few interviews and i also set up a lot of interviews for the f- future because there are some people that were so interesting that i'm like all right i kind of want them away i want to talk to them away from the comic-con i want i want i need like an hour with these people because i feel like they're just a big ball of energy too <laughs> that uh that I need to get like so much information from because they're so interesting. But I enjoyed myself. There's a lot of cool people that I linked up with. Going to these comic cons are very much an exercise in my own sort of shyness and opening up and everything more than, you know, this is, this is like the biggest exercise since I've quit drinking <laughs> that has been able to like, get me to be more social with people i talk with so many people at these comic cons that i go to now it's actually really i'm even surprised at how many people i talk to and how like social i am so you know maybe this was something that i needed to do in my life and hopefully i can maybe you know I, i can use that to other things in the music scene or whatever but then again who knows we'll see you know it's still you gotta deal with people but anyways Enough, you know, enough rambling about everything going on. Um, this episode is somebody really cool that I met at the at the, the Wizard World Columbus. Her name is Erin Sheckman Caruso. She does this. She does these um, prints called, you know, uh, supergroup hugs. And simply put, supergroup hugs are prints of your favorite pop culture characters hugging well you know a lot of times there are you know people that you might you know might be friends on screen or whatever like you know like i bought a print of uh sailor moon and the cat luna hugging but then it might be people who are enemies or are hugging with an inanimate object or something you know she said something about iron man with alcohol so <laughs> uh that's great you know she's a uh, a Cleveland-based art director, professional illustrator, a fine artist. So we, um, during our interview, we talk about the idea behind Supergroup Hugs and how she interacts with people at conventions like Wizard World and then working in a variety of artistic mediums and how she sort of navigates having a career in one artistic medium while having her own projects. So it was great, with, great, great to talk with her. So let's get into my interview with Aaron Shackman Caruso. All right, we're at Wizard World Columbus. Uh, please introduce yourself. I'm Aaron Sheckman Caruso, and I draw hugs. You draw hugs? Like, how did that, how did that come about? Um, so my brand is called Super Group Hugs, and I've always been doing um, art, a lot of fine art, and I have a career um, in art doing product design, but I really wanted like a side project that I could sink my teeth into and like do a whole lot of different versions of pop culture, um, 
different pop culture properties with one theme. Um, and so it ended up being hugs. Why hugs? What, what, what's the, you know, what's your idea of what the hug means? Well, I picked hugs because it's a lot like me. Um, it really fits my personality. It's a little cute, but a little awkward too. Um, and it opens up a whole realm of different possibilities within the art. Sometimes people are uncomfortable and that's funny. Sometimes it's really endearing and sweet. There's some sad hugs. Um, it's just like a really good blank slate platform to jump off of. Um, and yeah, hugs. Generally, in your uh, in your pieces, are you are you having people hug that are friends or enemies or who who's hugging? Oh, there's both. Yeah, um, like sometimes it's like a sweet couple, um, but sometimes like you know hugs are a weapon. Like I have a Hulk and Hulkbuster hug um, that <laughs> looks quite painful, <laughs> but still cute. Um, Sometimes people are left out of hugs and they're sad. Um, like I have a whole Justice League hug, but Aquaman's left out because he often got left out of missions. Um, and I've got, like, it just runs the gamut. I try to like, I insert my sense of humor in there. Um, some of them just end up being like a cute moment, but sometimes like they can be a little bit twisted. Like I have Iron Man hugging a bottle of alcohol from when he was an alcoholic. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so um, how long have you been doing these hug pieces? Um, I started doing the hugs um, early 2015. Um, and so it's 2018 now, so about three and a half years. Um, and yeah, but I've always done art. I've always been a fine artist. Um, I, started, I actually came from a very traditional background doing like oil portraits and that kind of stuff. Um, but I've been one of those people that likes to learn everything. So whatever medium it is, I'll figure out a way to do it. Um, and my day job, I work mostly digitally. And I can't look at a computer when I'm home. So when I'm home, I just want to sit on the couch and do little watercolor paintings. And that's really um, the whole background of the hugs is they're quick. And I can sit on the couch and do them. <laughs> I don't have to think too hard, but they're still sweet and fun, and there's a story behind them. When did you first, you know, want to become an artist? So I started um, taking studying hard when I was about 11. Okay. I was one of those kids that, like, decided what they were going to do and worked very, very hard at it from a young age. So. Um, when I was 11, I started taking classes. When I was 14, I decided I would get an illustration degree. So I spent all of high school working toward that, um, just get, getting into a good school. And then I went to Syracuse, and I have a degree in illustration. And then immediately after college, I got hired um, designing arts and craft products and doing product design. And now I'm an art director for another product design company. Um, so it's always been like a like career path for me. It was never like, like I, art is always something I'm really passionate about, but it was also like a money thing. Like it's also an entrepreneurial yeah. thing, a way that I could um, make a living. So that's always just as interesting me, to me and just as much as a puzzle as doing the actual art. I like both. Once you like 
once it was in your mind that like this is what you want to do for your living in some mm -hmm. way, you know, how how uh, you know flexible were you during this path? You know, how many times did you have mm -hmm. to like swerve in a whole other you know lane or try to figure shit out? Um, I was pretty much set in, in knew, knowing what I was gonna do like all through high school, but um, I think once you're through college, um, you take whatever opportunity you can get. So I didn't know I would end up doing product design. Um, it's just like your first job ends up being your career. Um, so that was like, you know, you have to kind of be flexible, but also just opportunities come up. Like this super group hugs, um, the reason why I needed a whole bunch of art was because I was doing an event and I needed to make a whole bunch of things. So we did that and sold out the first time we ever had them. And we're like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this now. Um, and so then we pivoted and started that. Like you can, you kind of have to be aware of the opportunities happening around you and put yourself out there and you never know where your life is gonna lead. Okay, so the Super Group Hubs was something that you kind of did on a whim because mm -hmm. you needed like product, you exactly, know? Yeah. And, and, it, and it worked, and it worked. You know? so you just kind of pivoted in that mm -hmm. sort of direction. Yep. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty, like, my husband and I do this together, and we're both pretty um, flexible and easygoing, and we kind of, like, follow life where it takes us. Right. How, how much of it is, like, sort of preparation, and then how much of it is, like, like going on the whim mm -hmm. and just figuring stuff, and, like, just trying something out, like, on the, sure. on the fly? I would say um, that it is going on a whim, but then following through. Like, if you are going to do it, like, do it, you know? Um, anytime I, like, if I was doing a, a gallery show back when I did fine art, um, then I was doing, like, 20, 30 pieces for it. Um, like, super group hugs would not work if I had 10 of them. Like, you need to have, I have over 100 now. But I would say like 40 or 50 different prints to really be successful. So I knew like, you know, when we first came up with the idea and started, like that's it. I sat, uh, I sat on the couch for weeks and just started making them. Um, I actually have to do it again soon because now that we've been doing this for three years, it's time to like really take a strong look and refresh things. Yeah, freshen up the, mm -hmm. the inventory. You and know? we've done that but, gradually, like over time, but here and there, but it, it's time to do a whole like, like big refresh. How, mu how, how much time does it usually take to knock out a single piece? Uh, well, originally it was designed to be so quick because <laughs> I work full time. So it was supposed to be like a, let's sit on the couch and get one done every hour. Um, but now, I, it depends on, on the size. Um, my big ones will take like a few days to do. Um, they have like a lot of characters. The smaller ones, I, I would say four hours average. Yeah. How, how, has, how has these hug pieces evolved since you first started doing them? Oh, sure, yeah. They started out as a little tiny um, like trading card size yeah. um, because they were designed to be quick. Um, and then I realized like, oh, five by seven is a print that size that people would actually buy. And when I blow these up, they don't look as good. So then I started working uh, in that larger size and everything became way more detailed 
and now it's like almost a challenge to capture a likeness and like it's, it's become a lot more involved to make sure like you know I want to challenge myself to make it interesting too when you were you know sort of you know coming up learning your craft you know how you know was there anybody that sort of let you know you looked for advice uh, to mm -hmm. and what sort of advice advice did you get at that time sure um when I was really lucky, I was like, I had a, one of those families that if I was interested in something, they were like, yep, okay, you have a private tutor, here you go, go do it. So I, um, in high school, all four years of high school, I worked with a fine artist, and she was one of those people who could pick up any medium and any style and like be able to do it. So I learned really on to not be afraid of trying, experimenting, playing with all sorts of different things. Like a lot of artists will pick a thing that they like and stick to it, which is good. But for me, versatility is more important. Um, and I actually look for that now um, that I hire people to work for me to design stuff um, for my day job. Like I want someone who like is a jack of all trades and if they don't know something, they'll be like, okay, yep, figure, I'll figure it out, you know? Um, so for me, like that really goes back to the teacher I had. You can look her up, her name's Nancy Bossert. She's still doing amazing art. Um, and it goes back to her and her um, love for this, for any sort of medium, for experimenting, for playing around, for really trying anything. When you, know, you came from you know, doing you know, fine art, and sometimes in fine art there can be types of art that can be a little bit more like those type of people don't really dig it, you know. Is it, does that still exist? And how does like experimenting in all mediums kind of work out for you in all that? Um, yeah, there still is a bit of a stigma. Um, like I do fine art, but I have an illustration degree. And even that is a bit of a, um, like those two camps, you'll find a lot of uh, people who get mad at each other. <laughs> right. um, but I think really in today's side hustle society, um, if you want to survive, you really need to throw away all of those perceived notions and stereotypes, um, especially as illustrations becoming more and more recognized as, um, you know, on the same level as fine art, as it should. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that the community, um, I don't know, people who come, who go through like, a painting program or an illustration program have people who drive into their heads um, these, like, some of the discrimination. Yeah. And I've seen it firsthand. Um, and it's up to people who are working their own to really throw that out. Um, and I think that just the way that our culture is going, the way social media is, I'm hoping that it's kind of leveling out. Although, right. who knows, things are getting more and more polarized in every other field. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. When you're at these comic cons like this, what are you know what are the mostly the discussions you're having with people that come up to you? Oh, well, I always um, greet them and say, "Hi, I'm Aaron. I draw hugs," and then I say, "Ta-da!" or I say, "Look, they're all hugging," <laughs> and then they'll look at them and they're like, "Huh, they are hugging." <laughs> <laughs> There's usually um, a bit of a like. You know, we're, we do this so much. We talk to so many people that people often say the same thing over and over. Right. Um, 
So yeah, uh, I love it when people come and talk to me about art or people who are going, who are like young artists that want to have a career in art. Um, and like, I, I will throw so much information at them that they're like, okay, thanks, <laughs> you know, bye, I'm good. <laughs> right, how important uh, is it for those like young artists that come up to you asking you questions mm -hmm. to like actually give them information? Because at one point you were in that position. Sure, yeah. I, I love it. Um, I taught for many years, too, so that never really leaves you. <laughs> right. Um, uh, you know, some people, I think, <laughs> respond to it more than others. But I think if you are a young artist, like, this community is so welcoming. Just, it's so helpful to, like, not work in a vacuum and, like, seek out mentors. I've had so many in my career that have done so much for me. Um, and, yeah, I think it's really important. What advice would you have for uh, young artists of any kind if they want to mm -hmm. seek out, uh, you know, their favorite artists and you know ask them advice or any questions? You know, what advice sure. would you have for them? Oh, um, let's see. I think that a lot of people um, think that uh, I think okay, for illustration especially, it kind of falls into two camps. Either you're going to have a career as a freelancer and you're just going to like you know, work for yourself, or are you going to work in an office? Um, and for me, I was lucky enough to get hired at, at a nine-to-five job straight off the bat. And I've learned so much from that experience. And I think that, you know, when you work for yourself, it's, it's great, but you are alone. Um, and you're, so you're missing a lot of those learning opportunities. Um, so I think don't dismiss the fact that there is other career options out there for artists. Um, on that note, learn your digital programs. You have got to know Photoshop and you have to know, especially Adobe Illustrator, before you go and try to get hired. <laughs> and if you send me a resume that ha does not have a portfolio link, you are immediately rejected. <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised. <laughs> I'm not even surprised. Yeah, I, like I think like we just went through um, a a whole hiring process, and I think like I I want to say like a third of the resumes I got like people didn't send a portfolio. I come from music. You see how many music artists, bands, rappers mm -hmm. send me stuff and make it hard for me to oh, sure. figure out what it is. And don't send me music. Yeah. <laughs> send me yeah. Send me an email, but don't send me music. And I'm yeah. like. Oh, my God. I'm not going to write about you if I don't even know if you're yeah. good or not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're, yeah. <laughs> what is it about, you know, what lesson could you, like, sort of extract from your life and career that anybody listening to this, whether they're being an artist, an illustrator, or any other profession, could, you know, take and apply it to their life? Oh, man. Um... I would say keep making things and find your community. Um, I have, like, I do a lot of, a lot of stuff <laughs> um, because there's opportunities that are out there, and if you don't find them, make it yourself. Um, I would also say um, marrying your booth buddy helps a lot when you're doing cons. Because <laughs> I have a built-in helper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, 
every single city, no matter how small, has a community of artists. You just have to find them and support each other. Yeah, how important is that to find sort of like-minded people that you can work with, bounce ideas off of, yeah. no matter what sort of, you know, avenue of art it is? How important is that? Mm -hmm. um, super, super important. Uh, I'm really lucky. I have Cleveland. I'm from Cleveland. Cleveland has an amazing art community. Um, and I have a group of very close friends. Actually, I think all my friends are artists. Um, I run a, an event called Drink and Draw with my friends. Um, actually, I'm part of an art collective, so the six of us run it. One guy kind of takes the lead on it, but yeah. um, we get people together once a month and just like spitball, and it, it, it's in, essential. Um, it just like doodle with some some friends, support each other, um, and get better. Like the thing about art is, you're never done. You're, there's never going to be a point where you are a master. You're right. just going to be keep improving and keep working your entire life until you die. Um, and that's kind of amazing. Like, you, there's always more to learn, always stuff that you can learn from others. Um, and with art, too, you get, it's a lot of, um, you put a lot of yourself into what you do. And, um, and it's hard. Um, and you have to learn to be okay with that. Right. and find other people who are doing the same thing because other normal people don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Um, in having that sort of community and definitely with the events that you put on, mm -hmm. like, how much of, like, sort of getting rid of that inner critic is, goes on in those groups? Like, mm -hmm. like getting rid of that, like, I suck. Sort yeah. of point, point of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, how much of that goes on in, like, the, in having those communities? Sure. Um, I would say a lot because you all, everyone raises each other up. Um, that being said, you are going to make a lot of sh Yeah, go ahead. A lot of really shitty art. Like, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of part of the process, and you have to be okay with everything isn't going to be a masterpiece, you know? Um, I had a saying back when I was teaching that every painting goes through an ugly phase. And that's true, no matter how long you've been doing this. There's always a spot, sometimes several spots, whenever you're making anything, that it's going to look awful. The, the issue is that a lot of people quit at those, those spots, and they just give up and say, I suck. And the thing is, you have to just keep powering through it. It's going to get better. Um, but that being said, too, like. You have to make a lot of shitty art before you make a lot of good art, you know? <laughs> it's, it, it will get better. It's just, um, it's not something that you're going to be good at overnight. I've been working, how old am I? Oh, God. I've been working for 21 years on this craft. <laughs> so, um, and, and there's still pieces that I don't like. But um, that's all. the other thing is, most people don't notice that. So, <laughs> um, if you are not a super critical artist and you put it out there, the public doesn't really care that much. <laughs> right, right, right. And so a lot of, like, you know, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Um, it, it should be good, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Cool. All the interviews that I do, I like to uh, end with the same question. Mm -hmm. And that question is, who is somebody that's been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview that would have good stories or good lessons? Oh, man. That you could actually reach. Uh, 
Let me think. Lo local or it doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. You know, we got we got <laughs> Skype and phone and we got technology. You know. Um. Well. Uh, the biggest professor influence that I had is an artist named Roger Demuth, and he was another one of those I, I will learn how to do anything. Um, and he, if I didn't, if he, I took one class with him and I learned product design, and if that didn't happen, then I would not be anywhere near where I am today. Um, on the comic front, um, Katie Cook is freaking amazing, okay. um, and I've gotten to know her a little bit over the last couple years. Um, and yeah, she's hilarious and has like the best dry, awesome sense of humor. Um, but also like is a working artist who's kicking ass. So I would recommend Katie Cook. All right, great. Mm -hmm. If uh, anybody wants to check out your uh, artwork online, more information about you online, mm -hmm. where can they go? Right, uh, so all of the hugs are up online at supergrouphugs.com. It's pretty easy to remember. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Erin in Artland. Um, and I think on uh, Facebook, it's Supergroup Hugs as well. So, yeah, Supergroup Hugs. I draw hugs. Cool. Thank you. Great. All right. Yeah, thank you. So that was my interview with Erin Shackman Caruso. Uh, if you want any more information in regards to her and Supergroup Hugs or anything she's working on, uh, you can check out the show notes at freshesofthepodcast.com, and everything that she does is linked up on the show notes page for this episode. Now, it's time for this episode's fresh pick of the week. And this episode's pick is the comic book Adventures of Clarity Girl, released by Sarcastic Skull Studios. With the art and story by Chris Tomasma, Clarity Girl number one is about an immature young girl named Clara who needs to deal with how to become a superhero after she is given powers by her dad's company, White Corp. During this journey, not only does she need to learn how to use her new powers, but she also needs to destroy a monster she's created. That alone sounds like a metaphor for life. Clarity Girl takes a real lighthearted take on something that normally would be a very doom and gloom type of story. I'm super excited to read the next issue, which Chris has told me is not too far from release. So if you want more, any more information on the adventures of Clarity Girl, uh, you can definitely uh, check out their Store Envy page at sarcasticskull.storeenvy.com, or you can go to facebook.com slash claritygirlcomic. All this, of course, is also... Uh, linked up on the show notes page for this episode at freshesthepodcast.com. So that's it for this show. And before I let you leave, I definitely want to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshesthepodcast.com and, you know, share any sort of any of the links that are on the website on any of your social media. You can subscribe to Fresh is the Word on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Uh, just Go to any of those platforms, search Fresh is the Word, and it should come up, and you can subscribe to, uh, to, to, the, to the podcast that way. And if you could, especially on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and a rating. That would be awesome. It would help the podcast with its visibility in this ever-so-changing 
complex world of algorithms on social media. So that would help. <laughs> and if I do see that you uh, wrote something nice, I'll definitely read it on an upcoming episode. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Omega Fresh, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh. And also you can follow Fresh of the Word online at, on Twitter at FITW Podcast, on Instagram at Fresh is the Word Podcast, Facebook at facebook.com slash fresh is the podcast, and on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash fresh is the word podcast. All right, that's been another episode. We'll have two more episodes this week from the Wizard World Comic Con Columbus. So be on the lookout for those. Have a nice day. See you next week. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.